Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam Podcast here on Patreon a day early or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Is it sunny where you are? Yeah, it's looking, it's looking nice. Yeah, it's looking nice, Kenny. Yeah, it's all right here and we're recording in the morning again. So <laughs> our voices sound a bit deeper, that's the reason why. Yeah, we're, we're recording pretty early, so I'm not I'm not quite at the shouting stage that I'm usually at. But um, but yeah, that, that's what we need to do. We need to record when we can, so people can get the content from us. Um, so lots of lots of news and little bits and pieces to talk about. But John Cena is in the news, fan, which is always scary <laughs> because you never know what what he's going to come out with. Um, so he was on Busted Open Radio. Um, the other day, and uh, he w- was was saying some various things. But he did uh, answer the, the question about uh, burying talent. So I thought I'd read some quotes from Cena. We can see what uh, what we think of it. Um, so in, about burying talent, he talked about how you know he sat with ten sat, sat for ten hours with Austin Theory. Um, and how you know he's committed to to being in WWE. Do you think those ten hours that he sat with Austin Theory came across on TV that he had he sat for ten hours with him? What was he doing during that ten hour period? Discussing what the what how he was going to trash him on the mic. <laughs> you know, was Austin saying, "No, more. He needs to be tougher. You know, you need to belittle me more." Do you think that's what Austin Theory was saying to Cena? 
Yeah, he's just like, give me more jabs. Like, try and do as many as you can. That's um, it. Yeah, that's not that's not tough enough. I mean, I'm not bothered. I can go and work at Costco or Walmart. It doesn't matter. This is not an important gig to me. Bring it on. Well, Cena was Cena was um, talk comparing his way of making new stars to to Roman Reigns. So here's what he, here's what he said. I saw that one as well, and he was complimenting Roman Reigns and saying that Roman Reigns basically spread the wealth, didn't he? Oh, way better than Cena did. Um, so here's what here's what Cena said about Roman and himself about uh, Barry and Talent. He said, "I love that Roman did it his way. He did it his own way by crafting his own personality. He did it as a way by redefining what it is to be at the tip of the spear. He is there selectively. He has made himself exclusive, and in doing so, he's brought like eight people with him. He's allowed the whole bloodline to get over. So with me, if you put me in that conversation, I could only help." the person I was working with while I was working with him. The reputation I had in the sauce while I was in it, while I had in the sauce. I mean, oh, he's just such a hack, isn't he? Um, oh. uh, you know, at least he's acknowledging, you know, pardon the pun, at least he's acknowledging <laughs> uh, that Roman Reigns is, does what a champion is supposed to do. I mean, this is what the NWA world champion used to do when he went around the territories. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if Tyrus is really doing that now, Kenny. I mean, there's, there's no territories left. But if, the territories, if, if territories existed, would Tyrus be going around there and making stars out of all these newcomers? I, don't I think. think I think if Tyrus was the NWA champion in the 80s, you would have seen various promoters leaving the NWA in droves. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, it would just be like self-destruction, wouldn't it? <laughs> just like, Vince, can we work with you? We don't care that you're going to put us out of business in three months. These to be three good months, not three painful months before we like disappear into a black hole. Yeah, Titus could put him out of business way quicker than Vince McMahon could. Far, far quicker. But uh, Cena goes on to say... Um, the reputation I had in the sauce while I was in it was that I buried talent because I would really invest my wholeheartedness. Oh, fuck off. Um, that's me adding that, by the way. Um, I sat with Austin Theory for like 10 hours, not wasted a day, invested a day to talk about our why, like what's our story going to be? I would do that with everyone. I I would do that with everyone. I love it. My heart is on the plate. So let me get this straight. So he sat with te- for 10 hours with Austin Theory. 10 hours, which is longer than somebody an average person spends on their work day yeah and what he came out with at the end of that about what our story was going to be was him saying even if you beat me you're still a loser i mean greatest of all time my arse oh i mean this is why most wrestlers you know don't make good bookers or create writers because they don't see the big picture and the Wrestling is a, it's a very me, me, me business. You know, I'm sure most people know this, um, but it, it so is. And um, some wrestlers are just, it's all about them. It's just so self-absorbed that all they can see is, you know, it's tunnel vision wearing blinkers. Well, what's in it for me? I'm not really interested in what's in it for the opponent. I mean, I'm going to give Cena credit. He did really put theory over at WrestleMania. He absolutely did. I like the way that he laid in the ring for a long time. You know, after Theory had beaten him, um, I mean, okay, it was a bit of a screwy finish, but of course it was going to be because Theory's a heel. Um, 
But I mean, that promo, we talked about it at length at the time. I wrote about it in the magazine. I think it was March 6th, I think it was, on Raw. Yep. And it was just such a strange promo, wasn't it? So odd. Like, there was lots of things. I think some of it did work, but he just went so far with it. As you say, that quote there, that line that he used, that, you know, no one believes in you. And even if you beat me, it won't matter. You are a loser. You are a loser. And the thing is, even if you beat me, you'll still be a loser. Yeah. I mean, I I actually think on the night it didn't play out like that. And I think Theory did actually benefit from it and benefit benefit from it considerably. I think it was a big win for him. And I think that promo to most people, I think the winner raised the promo in the minds of most people, I would think. But then, in, but then in saying that, I mean, you could make the argument, though, that, you know, Austin Theory post-Mania has not really felt any bigger than he did pre-Mania. No, no, that's he, a fair point. And he beat John Cena. And I think, I think a lot of it is to do with it. And you've talked about this in the past with other Cena stuff, is that even if he does put somebody over when he has, there's often this kind of, eh, I was going to say theory, but um, there's often this thought that um, if he had just put more effort into putting the people over in the promos then it would have enhanced him putting somebody over overall. Yeah. And, you know, you look at other big names, you look at people at The Rock. I mean, The Rock would put people over in, in promos as well as the match or, you know, various other people. But with Cena, it's just always this sort of wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he fun. never took it that seriously. I mean, occasionally he would. I mean, no, never. Um, you know, Okay, occasionally he would take it seriously. If he was in there with someone like Brock Lesnar, he had to take it seriously. But there were so many occasions where you could tell that he just he just thought the whole thing was, you know, just frivolous and just not serious business. And um, he, would be making, he would be making fun of his opponent for no reason. I mean, when I was writing that uh, Gunter article, Gunter uh-huh. article for the uh, latest or the next issue of the magazine that comes out, on May the 25th, um, I was just thinking to myself that Gunter's timing is perfect because had he come along when Cena was on top, oh my, can you imagine Cena would have been there doing impressions of him? He would have been just making fun of his character, his accent, probably making fun of his physique because, I mean, okay, he's in great shape, but compared to Cena's bowling ball biceps, you know, Gunter kind of looks a bit like F. Martin. So, I mean, and I just, I was just so relieved that Gunter came along when he did and that everyone he'll face on the main roster will take him seriously because they'll be instructed to. And he'll make them take him seriously in the ring as well. But if that match with Roman Reigns happens between Gunter and Roman, which I think it will at some point next year, you know that Roman will do everything he can to make Gunter seem like a bigger star in the match and to try and make him seem like he'll do everything he can to enrich and enhance him and to really, even if he defeats him, you know, Gunter won't come out of that match damaged. I think he'll come out of the match enhanced. And that wouldn't have happened if Gunter had come up in 2014, 2015 and been sent in the direction of Cena. I mean, it would have been a massacre. I mean, just add it to the list of all the other people that he crushed. So I don't think Cena ever really got it. I mean, now he's got going around this sort of apology circuit, isn't he? You know what I mean? Well, like... let, let, 
let me read this next bit of what he said. So he says about Austin Theory, the 10 hours, which is just laughable. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, so you said, you know, I would, I would do that with everyone. I live it. My heart is on the plate. But after they were with me, they didn't take that energy with them. But I gave it to the next guy. So, okay, who's next? It was AJ. Now it's Kevin Owens. All right, Kevin, come here. We're going to sit down for two weeks and just talk about stuff. Then we're going to go out there and try some crazy stuff, see what works, and then put our best foot forward. Kevin's done. Sammy, no problem. What Roman does, just being affiliated with his energy, he gets so many people over. That's something I could never do, ever, period. Like, you're with me and you got a chance when you're there, but a lot of times you went off to do stuff that wasn't looked at in the same way, and then the perception of the audience is, oh my God, he buried him. Winning and losing doesn't matter. I haven't won a match in five years. It doesn't matter. Well, so, it, yeah, does when, it does when you're on the way up. When you're established, fair enough. Yeah, it really doesn't. But, I mean, had Cena been beaten by everyone, would he have become the star that he became? Of course he wouldn't. Well, do, so do you think what he's, so what he's saying here is the idea that when he worked with them, he was trying to get them over. And then when they stopped working with him and you know they weren't put in other big programs, that then people blame Cena. I, it feels like he's trying to alleviate some of the blame there. That, uh, that people yeah, blame. switch the heat. He's passing the book. It's not my fault. You know, I did everything I could when I was working with them. You know, it's not my fault that, you know, the Miz ended up, career fell off a cliff after I completely destroyed him in that match <laughs> in which Alex Riley was interfering throughout. And then I made this Superman come back at the end and just made Miz tap out and, he looked pathetic. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's, this not, was... it's not my fault that when they brought in the Nexus that at SummerSlam, when they needed to win their one big match, that I decided to be DDT'd on the concrete floor and within 90 seconds pinned the last two members of the team. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Exactly. And this was apparently after, I think, it was, was it Jericho and Edge? I think Jericho's Yeah, Jericho and Edge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they tried to talk him out of it. It's like, hold on, John. This is a new faction. These are new guys. They've already been here, like, just over two months. You cannot do this to them. And you're, you're going to beat them for the next six months anyway. You have at least give them one night where they oh. get to beat you. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he gets it. Maybe he's just entertaining himself with these ridiculous answers maybe he thinks this is good for publicity you know he's out there presumably he's doing all these interviews to promote the film that comes out this week well you know, and- he's, he's doing this one on busted open which obviously is a wrestling audience so he's, that's right yeah, knows, that's- knows what he's doing of course he does of course he does so he knows that by saying these words that people are going to dissect them and they're going to say well 
you know, a lot of people think Cena's great or was great. I mean, he was a big star, sure, sold a lot of merchandise and did have some good matches along the way. But, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot more he could have done, so much more he could have done. But I've got to give Cena some credit again. You know, I've been doing this now for the last few years. Mm-hmm. At least he is accepting that he didn't do as much for talent as Roman Reigns has done and continues to do. So let's give Cena credit for that. Yeah, and he did put Roman over. He did, you know, he, he put he put Theory over in the ring. At yeah. Least. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there is that. And, and you know, Ray, I mean, Reigns, I saw Cena say, I think he said elsewhere in the interview that he thinks that Reigns is the greatest of all time. I don't know if I'd say that he's the greatest of all time. I think he's better than Cena, for sure. Um, just in terms of being on top and how big the run feels and how seriously he takes it, how much he puts people over. Yeah. The fact that the fact that Roman Reigns has got so many people over and never lost is an accomplishment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is. I mean, to me, yeah. I mean, you'll see anyway when you read the next issue of the magazine that, um, you know, I've given Roman Reigns, you know, a huge endorsement in Q&A. People uh, can read that in the next issue. And actually, if I ever get around to doing the PDF for uh, Patreon, which I will do uh, <laughs> quite soon, uh, you'll be able to read it there as well. Um, right, okay, the next thing on the docket for us to discuss uh, is Randy Orton. Randy Orton's dad, Bob Orton, the cowboy, uh, was talking to Bill Apter recently, and this, the discussion got to talking about if Orton would, when we would see Orton back in WWE, and cowboy Bob Orton said he's training, so we'll see what happens. I don't know if he feels like going back, if he feels like going back, or if he feels like he's ready to go back, I think he might. Then again, he's pretty well taken care of. I don't think he needs to. I think the doctors have told him not to. So, I mean, he's been gone for over a year. I think it was last May that he maybe left. Yeah, late May, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was the final match. In oh, which... It's over a year this month. Year this yeah, month. that's it. So it's nearly 12 months, isn't it? Um, I mean, it, it feels kind of impossible that he won't be back because everybody does come back. But um, are you are you excited about an Orton return if and when it happens? Yeah, I think I am. Um, and, um, well, I, I I certainly am, yeah. I mean, my view on this is is that financially, I think he's he's fine for the rest of his life. So if there is a serious, in, serious risk of paralysis or, you know, life-changing injuries when you return to the ring, I know you can say that about pro wrestling anyway, can't you? Because it can just be over, can't it? In yeah. in one freak accident, we've seen that before. Um, but if he's deaf, if he's not in, if he's if it's going to be dangerous for him, if there's going to be a real risk, then I would recommend that he that he hang it up and just retire. I mean, um, that's what I would do if I was him. Um, I can't imagine for a second that WWE would clear him to return. If he's not physically fit, because they have a very stringent policy on these things, don't they? It's not like the old, you know, it's not like the old days where, it's like, oh, you're ready to go. Oh, you've got serious injury. Well, you better just keep wrestling. You know, you'll you'll have three days off in three weeks time. You can just rest up then. So WWE is not going to book him in the ring unless he is physically ready to return to the ring. So in many ways or the decision may be out of his hands, Kenny. He may not be allowed to return to the ring. Yeah, I mean, that, that is true. It's, 
It's, I mean, I don't see, I don't see a way that he's not going to come back because you always feel that people do. But maybe if he comes back, it is a short run, and that's that's the end. Maybe it's not going to be because at this point, does Randy Orton really need to be on every show, wrestling no. long term? I mean, he's done everything. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of mileage in resuming the, um, you know, the team with uh, with Riddle. I think people would really love to see that again. I think he could have a match with Roman. I think there'd be a lot of interest in that. Um, I think there are other big matches for him, but I agree he should not go on the road. If he returns, it should be on a part-time schedule. He's absolutely earned it. I don't think anyone in that company would resent him if he were given, you know, the Brock Lesnar schedule. And yeah, what, what, why they don't need him on the road? I mean, did you see the um, attendance figures in the last quarterly earnings report? I mean, attendance is up at the house shows and at TV tapings. I mean, they're doing very well without him, WWE. So he does not need to be working house shows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if he's going to return, I would think it would be going to be, he's just going to do like the occasional TV match and just premium live events. And that's the way, you know, if that's going to minimize the risk of him suffering further injury and preserving his health for his post wrestling life, which he's surely, surely thinking a lot about right now, because what will it be? 43, I think he's just turned. Um, yeah, I think he is. 43, I think he's born in April 1980, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, it's up to him. I mean, I'd like to, I'd love to see him back in the ring. Selfishly, I'd love to, but I'm a big believer that in wrestling, you make your money, you suffer the fewest injuries possible, and you get out of wrestling when the time's right and you enjoy your post wrestling life. So, if it's, if there's a real danger of, of, you know, paralysis or, you know, serious life-changing injuries with a bad bump, then my advice to Randy Orton would be do not return. Just accept the Hall of Fame induction next year and call it quits. Yeah, Booker T actually, um, in a rare moment of clarity <laughs> and, and sensibleness, uh, did say he, he thinks Orton should retire um, on his Hall of Fame podcast. He's talking about it, basically saying that um, Booker had been told not to get back in the ring because of neck issues as sort of a full-time wrestler, and that's one of the reasons that he sort of, like, stepped away when he did. Because yeah. there's lots of times where Booker could have came back and done a proper run, and I guess that's why he never did, because there was these injuries that kind of made it that it was no, wasn't worth him coming back and doing a long run um, with with the with, with what was going on. Exactly, and, and look at Book, you know, he's he's got the NXT gig, he's got a rest, he's on wrestling school, which... You know, he's very successful as far as I understand. So, I mean, he's got a full-time job as it is, and he's employing people. You know, he's contributing to the business. Some people might say he's not contributing a whole lot on commentary each Tuesday night on NXT. <laughs> but he's contributing <laughs> a lot in terms of, you know, his wrestling school. Um, and, um, you know, obviously Roxanne Perez being a product of that school and going on to N- NXT and doing well there. I mean, that... That's going to be, that's the best advertisement. You know, that's an advertisement that money cannot buy or could not buy, isn't it? That yeah, one of your exactly. trainees is now a star in the NXT system. It's like, this is, you know, he must be having like all the people signing up and going to Booker's place yeah. because they're thinking this is the fast track to stardom. This is going to get me that WWE contract. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Booker did the right thing. And, um, you know, he came back and did that little spot in Royal Rumble, but it was just a comedy spot. And it didn't seem like there was any risk at all, what he did. And um, I'm sure he, he lapped it up. I mean, the audience were amused. 
mm-hmm. um, he knows his role now, doesn't he, at this point in his life? Yeah, for sure. Uh, last bit of news, very sad, um, but I do want to kind of talk about it now in case things escalate in the next couple of days. Superstar Billy Graham is apparently on life support um, and the doctors have, have said that he should be taken off life support and his wife Valerie has you know, resisted that. She's hoping for a miracle. So it seems like Superstar Billy Graham's uh, time is almost uh, over. Um, I, I, I just wanted to ask you about, in terms of Superstar Billy Graham, his influence in wrestling, his influence on people who came after him, a lot of people who listen to this podcast will not have seen any Superstar Billy Graham. They might not have even seen the documentaries they did in the early 2000s on him or his brief kind of Hall of Fame return. Uh, what was his impact uh, on wrestling in your eyes? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it was um, that if you take loads of steroids, then you'll become a big star. And unfortunately, that was really one of the huge things that he he did to wrestling. Uh, and um, it'll be interesting to see how the obituaries are phrased, if this is indeed the end for Graham. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he was a big star, obviously. He was very charismatic. Um, his promos are worth watching, you know, with Grand Wizard in WWF in his um, 77, 78 title room. He beat Bruno, and then uh, Backlund beat Graham to become champion. So he was very successful. I think he sold out, I think it was every single one of his MSG appearances except for one, or maybe yeah, he it sold was, it, was, it was 19 out of 20. Yeah, 19 out of 20. So, you know, it was a huge drawing card, huge drawing card in Philadelphia. Um, some of the matches he had there at the Spectrum, I mean, some of them are on YouTube. I think some of them probably on the network as well. And the heat is just, you just can't even believe the heat. And the, the matches with Bruno were, were dreadful, absolutely atrocious. And they, would do, they did almost nothing, like test of strength spots. And that was about it, really. Uh, but the heat was just through, just off the, off the scale. They really, it really was. So, yeah, it was a huge deal, huge star. His career... After he lost the title to Backland, he went into like a deep depression and he he felt it was, he couldn't understand the decision that Vince Sr. made, taking the belt off him and putting it, up, putting it on Backland when he was doing so well as champion. And I absolutely agree with Graham on that one. I can't. It makes no sense to me either. I mean, famously. He, he wanted to turn babyface, didn't he? He wanted to go babyface and thought he could do so much more. And Vince Senior just didn't want to do it. Vince Senior was like, "It's going back to Bruno. That's the, or it's going to Backlund. That's the decision." And you know, there's no change. And because he was trying to change his mind for for months, right? That's it. And he he put, tried to pull a fast one on the title change the night on which he was supposed to be dropping the bell. It's like, oh, I've got a knee injury. I think it was the night he was dropping the bell. Anyway, I've got a knee injury. You know, I can't I can't go in the ring tonight. And it was like Vince and Gorilla were like, "Are you going in the ring?" You know, I think Gorilla actually sort of took his side and was like, well, yeah, you know, this doesn't make any sense that Vince is taking the belt off you and putting it on Backland when you're knocking him dead at the live gate. I mean, we should point out that Vince Sr. had told Graham the date on which he would lose the belt and the person to whom he would lose the belt before he won the belt. So it was all mapped out in advance. Yeah, he won, it, he won it in April 77 and he was told you'll be dropping it in February of 78, like immediately. 
So That's it. Yeah, he was told that he was dropping it to Backland. He knew the date on which he was going to lose the belt before he won the belt. You know, that's how far in advance Vince Sr. booked back then. I mean, it's all far simpler, of course. Um, you know, TV was just squash matches. There was very few angles. It was very much simpler business. It was all based on the live gate and, you know, touring. And that was where the money came from. So, you know, I did feel, you know, looking back, you think, you know, why did he do that? You know, it did seem, it did seem foolish. I mean, Backlund was a success as champion. We should point that out. He was a success as champ, but there was loads more mileage in Graham as champion, and they could have just postponed the the Backlund reign for another, uh, the Backlund win for another six months or so. And after that, he, you know, he just wasn't the same. I think he just felt, you know, like the business had let him down, and you know, he wrestled in, he wrestled for Crockett, he wrestled in Florida. You know, he he went back to WWF with his new karate gimmick, even though he didn't know how to do karate, and he looked very different. And, you know, that was successful to an extent because Graham had the name, but it was like people didn't really want that version of Graham. They wanted the one who wore the tie-dye and, you know, talked about being too sweet to be sour and, you know, did those really amazing promos. And also, you know, he was taking a lot of steroids, and they just wrecked his body. Yeah, he was freely admitted to that. That was an open book, and um, he aged. I mean, the guy aged so much, um, and had just you know health lifelong had health problems really throughout the eighties to to this day. So, it's, it's, you know, it's also interesting to me that superstar Billy Graham was so you know so big on the mic and all that kind of stuff, but then when. He got when he had the hip replacement in 1986, was it or 85? And then they showed it on WWF TV, and then they tried to make him a manager. They tried to make make him a commentator, but just neither of them worked at all. It was just no, a disaster for no, him. that's right. I mean, yeah, they brought him back. He was manager of um, was he Tom? Yeah, Rock? the Rock Don Morocco. Don yeah, Morocco. They came out yeah, he wore the tie dye. superstar. Yeah, yeah, big blue. And I mean, Graham was on the scene when I first started watching American wrestling. And he did the commentary at SummerSlam 88 when Jesse Ventura was the special referee in the main event. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and he, I actually thought he was pretty good on commentary. Um, but I mean, I don't think Vince ever, Vince never used him as a commentary on pay per view again after that. Um, and then he had the massive falling out with the company, of course. Um, you know, and the steroid and sex scandals. He was one of the most outspoken critics of WWF and Vince McMahon. You know, he made some comments about, was it Pat Patterson? That were, you know, people never forgave him for those comments. Do you know the ones I mean, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, he... Um... I'm not going to say them out loud because I think he later freely admitted that they weren't true. Yeah, basically, uh, basically when the, when when the kind of the ring boy scandal and all that came out, he made comments that he then later on said, you know, about Pat Patterson that he later on retracted, and I know Pat never forgave him, never yeah. never wanted to know because he just couldn't, you know. I can admit, look, the thing is, if you're if you're gay, especially in, when Pat Patterson was openly gay, and how much more difficult it was, and how much. You had to deal with people kind of looking down on you, and then somebody makes an accusation about you. Like those don't go away, you know. Even if it's not true, those don't go away. So I can understand why for Pat Patterson that was a kind of a, you know, there's no forgiveness with that. Yeah, I mean that was really bad, and um, 
you know, he eventually reconciled with WWE. I think he would have been by then in 20, was it about 2002, 2003? Yeah, then he went into the Hall of Fame in 2004. 2004, that's right. Um, and then I think he had another fallout with him again after that. So, well, yeah, because because they did the DVD and then it, it you know, fellow ITR did autobiography, did an autobiography as well, which was really well done. Yeah, with the, our fellow ITR uh, writer Keith Elliott Greenberg. Yeah, it's a superb book. I would recommend that to anyone. Um, but yeah, I think once they've done the book and once they've done the DVD, there wasn't really what else do you do? There's not really much else you can do, and I think he. I think he ended up trying to sell his Hall of Fame ring because he was, you know, just had no money and couldn't work. And um, yeah, it's a shame. But it is, yeah. I mean, it absolutely is. But I mean, to me, there was no need for him to trash the company again. I mean, he had to know when he returned to WWE, you know, and it was, let's face it, it was a real testament to Vince McMahon. You know, all the things you could say about Vince McMahon, he does have a real sense of forgiveness. And most people are allowed to return, aren't they? Even when they've said, really against the company. And Graham was a just really outspoken critic of the company back, back in the early 90s during sex and steroid scandals. And you, I remember watching at the time, and I've written about it, and you think there's no way he's ever going back. And he was, he did go back. And I believe Vince... Actually paid for his li- was it his liver transplant he had? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Vince paid for that. So Vince, I think Graham had to pay it back, but he loaned him the money, and I think Graham just would not have made it had he not had that operation. No, so I mean, okay. he was back on the payroll, and you know, a lot of people in the company were not happy about that. I believe, well, obviously, Patterson. I think Jack Lanza. I think was, he was on the payroll for about three, four years. I believe so, yeah, I believe so. And, you know, what was he going to do? He was back as a legend, and it was it was only going to be temporary. It wasn't going to be forever. And I remember after he was released from the contr- from his contract, he, like, you know, he, he criticised the company, and we were back to square one. So, yeah, that was superstar. You know, that was the way superstar Graham was with WWE, and... I just thought it was, I just thought it was unnecessary. Yeah. You know, okay, I understand why you'd be upset that you've lost your job, but you just had these years with this company, you know, for not really doing a whole lot, really. And um, you really should, okay, don't you, you don't have to like write them a letter of gratitude and you know compliment them every day online, but by the same token there's no real need for you to criticise them either. And modern fans won't like to read that. They'll just think, well, they were all right when they were paying you, but yeah. now they're not paying you. You don't like the company anymore. And you're critical of the company. And I just, stuff like that just, yeah, I don't really like, you know, it's to me, that's not really on, in my opinion, Kenny, behaving like that. No. I mean, I, I do think that when he when he has passed away, they will do some form of tribute to him. I just don't think they would not. Um, I know Triple H had said uh, to, uh, to Keith Ellie Greenberg, actually, when he was interviewing him for the, the, the book, where he was sort of saying, you know, Hogan wouldn't have been Hogan without Superstar Billy Graham. Like, it just wouldn't yes. happen. And I think, you know, that's... When you hear that, it's kind of, that kind of tells you all you need to know about sort of the influence that he had. But, um, yeah, and I think with Triple H kind of at the helm enough right now, I just don't think Triple H would let it slide to not have a 
you know, I mean, a Billy Graham tribute, you know, we had a well, well, superstar Graham was Vince's favorite wrestler. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, Vince, Vince forgets things, you know, after years, you know, superstar Billy Graham didn't do anything to Vince enough that I think Vince would be, would not want to pay tribute to him. No, Um, there'll be, there'll be a huge tribute to him, I'm sure. Um, And rightly so, because he was very influential. There's no doubt about that. Um, And um, yeah, Hogan, the Hogan character, I think was different enough. Hogan was a better wrestler. Uh, but there was enough similarities there, and um, but yeah, Graham, you go back and look at him in during his WWF WWWF title run, and um, you look at him and you're just like, wow, you know, he just looked incredible. I mean, it was all artificial, but I mean, he looked incredible. Well, yeah, by the time we record next week, um, you know, we don't know where things are going to be, so you know, you want to just kind of. Talk about it now and make sure we give it a good, a, a good, a good discussion. So yeah, I think we've done that. So um, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Patreon with uh, our last listener question, and then we'll talk about some other topics as well. So patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes is where to go. I incorrectly on what's going down said that the next issue of the magazine was issue thirty four, but it's issue thirty three. Um, with Gunther on the cover, you pre-order that inside the ropes magazine.com. So we will be back on Patreon with an overrun. Thank you so much for your support and we'll talk to you soon. Tonight, if I said tonight.